0: Jeffrey is a weak modern man. He understands nothing about the importance of purpose and mission. He knows nothing of women and feminine energy. Because of that, Jeffrey lives such a mediocre life. We will not live like this. Adonis. Adonis is a superior man. Superior men are those who are equipped with the knowledge, the wisdom, the intuition of what it means to be a man. Gather own children. I'm going to cover the book, The Way of the Superior Man. I've mentioned this book so many times over the last few weeks. And so my idea was that I'll pretty much go through the entire book like the chapters i'll read the chapter title and then tell you what my perception slash understanding of that chapter is and also like how it's related to my life so if you've read the book then you can follow along maybe you've got the book and you can follow like which chapter i'm on or even if you haven't read the book hopefully you'll get like a lot of insights from this so we'll begin with the first chapter which is part one a man's way and the first section of this chapter is Number one, stop hoping for a completion of anything in life. I just recently reread this chapter, which is the best part about this book is that it's one of those where you'll, you'll constantly find yourself revisiting because something it clicks in your mind. You're like, wait, that, that book spoke about this. So stop hoping for a completion of anything in life. My understanding of this is that we should live this week, this month, As we would for the rest of our lives, we as men, especially men who are on like self improvement and you know, we want to become more productive and successful. We have a tendency to do this kind of like, okay, when I achieve X, I will then do Y. Does that make sense? So when I will become successful or make money, then I'll do this other thing that I want to do, but I could probably do right now, but I'm just not doing it right now for some reason. So for me, this was about balance and enjoying some time to literally just like, not, you know, sort of degenerate time, but some time to just sort of like chill and enjoy myself and like play around, which I've pushed off for the last few years because I've really prioritized work and delayed gratification. The idea from this chapter was whatever you're waiting to do, whatever there's like, you know, there's something really, really nice that you want to do, do it now. Don't think, oh, well, you know, I'll do the thing that I really want to do after I complete something else. My friend, Jack, who's who's doing work in our villa right now, something he said made me want to revisit this chapter just a few days ago, where he said that he doesn't like pay attention to the horizon anymore and that he wants to start again. So we were all talking that, yes, you know, being productive and successful, like you can get lost in the the tasks and the duties and the to-do list that you have. And it's just so important to live a life right now, like you want to live for the rest Rest of your life. The second section, I don't know if we should call this section or chapter. We'll just say chapters even though there's like four chapters in this book with like 50 sections. We'll just call each individual one a chapter just because it sounds better. The second chapter is live with an open heart even if it hurts. I don't actually remember reading this this section previously but my perception of it right now is there's that quote, it's better to have loved and lost than to have not loved at all. Live with an open heart even if it hurts. There's been times where I've been closed off to relationships and love and women and sex and intimacy and dating. And quite frankly, I'm productive in those times. When you're productive as a man and you're working towards meaningful goals, you feel quite happy and fulfilled. But when I look back to those times, it was kind of like I was living almost like a shell, like a gray existence. Women and and love really add like a lot of zest to your life. And it was another thing that Jack said to me, like I'm getting a lot of insights from my new friends here. Jack said to me just casually, like, you know, I told him about this, about like monk mode, taking a step back from dating. And he just kind of like, shrugged his shoulders and he said, like, I think we should have women around us all the time. I think that's like really good for us. I think that helps us develop and just the way he t- just so casually sort of like admitted it, which you don't often see in the modern day. You've probably seen so much content about like, you know, ignore women and monk mode and women ain't shit, men ain't shit and all this. This chapter means a lot to me, and I think it does to a lot of guys, because we do have this this huge burning desire to be around the opposite sex or, you know, the sex that you're attracted to. And I think in the modern day, it's more cool not to date because you can save yourself from being hurt. I don't think that's the best way to live. And that's, according to this book, that's not the way that the superior man lives. Chapter number three, live as if your father were dead. From my memory of this chapter, this was about pretending like your father is sort of dead slash not around so that you can kind of feel like you're the the man of the house now. There's a certain personality you have when you live underneath your father. You can't be the leader if your father is around. So this chapter for me was somewhat important. Not so much because I I didn't really implement it personally. Maybe I should have, but like it's this this idea of almost... Forget your father exists for a second, maybe for a day. Live as if your father were dead. And he's wrote here, Are there any feelings of relief associated with his death? Is there any part of you that's happy that you need not live up to his expectations or suffer his criticism? How would you have lived your life differently if you had never tried to please your father? That's very, very interesting. That really relates to me. Are you living your life differently to try to please your father or your mother or or anyone else? A huge, probably the most important part of masculinity, of manhood, is taking responsibility over every decision you make, to align every decision, every choice of your life with your purpose and your mission. That is when a man feels truly fulfilled. But our purpose, our mission, is likely not the same one that our father thinks we should do or our, or is our father's mission. Live as if your father were dead. This is something that I don't have a great understanding of so far. This is, I really like this one. Chapter number four, know your real edge and don't fake it. This is, we can simplify this to talking about the comfort zone. And when we say comfort zone, it seems a little bit like, you know, like wishy-washy mainstream kind of, oh, live outside of your comfort zone. But there is so much truth to that. Right here, right now, you might not see the significance of what I'm saying in terms of, you know, know your real edge and don't fake it. Live outside of your comfort zone. Because you hear these phrases and they don't really mean much to you up until you really, really live outside of your edge. Up until you really get out of your comfort zone. Then you're like, oh my God, those Instagram quotes, you know, those cringy pictures, motivational pictures and like motivational videos on YouTube, all that that cringe shit, bro. They're actually 100% right when they say live outside of your comfort zone. So this chapter, know your real edge and don't fake it. For a lot of guys, they fake their comfort zone. This is their real comfort zone. This is how much they could do. And this is where they live. But this is where they say, the end of their comfort zone lies they're faking this much and like when we speak in this sense it's so easy for us to say well you know a lot of guys are like this we are like this you and i are like this it's extremely easy to have parts of us that are weak that don't want to be challenged we talk a lot about how the modern world isn't good for us especially not good for men and masculinity isn't it likely that we are also those guys who are suffering from weakness of course it is of course we are so you are literally living in your comfort zone, even though you are certain you're not. You're certain that you're doing like a lot of great work. And you are, you are objectively doing very good. You know, being on self improvement, it's not easy. Delaying gratification is not easy. Being more purposeful and, and trying to make progress to goals and trying to stay consistent, even though life throws so much shit at you, it's not easy. But we can do more. You will truly, truly know when you are outside of your comfort zone. And I would say for the majority of men watching this who think, that they're at that position, they're not. I'm not. I was maybe a month ago, I just moved here to Thailand and I'm totally out of my comfort zone and I'm used to like my really strict schedule back home, my timetable. Now everything's all over the place. There's so much friction with work. I'm training harder than ever. I was training Muay Thai every single day. I was going to the gym with my friends. I was like leading workouts, which you know, I I enjoy to do, but of course it it is an extra hard thing when you're training with people who aren't as experienced so you automatically become a a personal trainer. Know your real edge and don't fake it. This would be really interesting for you to just spend a second right now and just ask yourself, am I truly at my edge? Am I truly outside of my comfort zone? Because there is a later chapter that we'll talk about and I'll recap this, but a different chapter in the the future of this book is, always live slash stay outside of your edge. So, you know, we, we get this perception of, okay, well, you know, comfort zone, be outside of your comfort zone. What this book says is that a man, like a superior man lives outside of his edge. A superior man lives outside of his comfort zone that's there's a special word there lives because getting out of your comfort zone to go talk to that girl or to join the gym or you know to do this and that that's fantastic phenomenal but the superior man does that so consistently that we can literally say he lives like that that all day every day every moment of his life he's living outside of his comfort zone with the things that he does how could you be outside of your comfort zone right now perhaps you'd sit up straighter with better posture and that's like that's a bit of a challenge because it's not automatic maybe there's someone that you've got a message maybe there's someone that you've got a call maybe it's to to give this video full attention and not be fucking scrolling down to the comments looking for more dopamine i will also be honest there's a bunch of chapters that i don't really resonate with that i don't even just understand maybe my intellectual level isn't my um my intelligence maybe isn't like high enough for them just yet or my understanding of the world isn't high enough for them just yet so i'm gonna skip over some of these chapters which i haven't really been able to get many insights from chapter number six never change your mind just to please a woman i remember reading this chapter with a girl that i was seeing just about a month and a half ago, we were in Greece together and this book really kept on coming up and we were talking about the feminine masculine energy. So we were reading it together, which is a very, very interesting thing. This book that this video is made on the way of the superior man, 100%, I highly recommend try this out. Get the book on your Kindle, on your phone or on you know like the paperback book and read it with the girl that you end up dating. It's very, very interesting to, to read together because it's, there's so much about masculine and feminine energy in it. So this one chapter number six, never change your mind just to please a woman. This. Is about using your masculine judgment as a man, making your decisions based on your own perception of the world, and not just blindly accepting what your woman says. So there was times I think it's either this one or it's a different chapter. Which essentially this is talking about not influenced, right? Because you can be influenced by a woman. He says this as well, where he says like you can trust your woman, you can be influenced by her she can you know essentially the idea is that you make your mind up by yourself even if your woman sort of suggests something to you so she says wait that's wrong this is the right thing she could actually be right but you shouldn't just say yep uh, she's right because she says she is it should process in your brain and if she is objectively right it processes in your brain and then you make a new judgment like yep it's my decision that that's the realization I came to, but it was influence, and you know, the decision came about because of her. Does that make sense? There's a subtle line, and this line, which I think a lot of guys cross over and they change their mind to please women, it's very, very subtle. But it's such an incredibly easy way to lose the attraction of someone that you love because like this book is kind of strange like this like it says things that you know women will do but a lot of it is like subconscious a woman won't sit there and think okay well i'm gonna test him i'm gonna see if if i can change his mind she's never gonna think that she's just gonna navigate life just like you are but she kind of subconsciously is going to evaluate you just as we all do. Like, we can all agree on that, right? We all kind of subconsciously evaluate each other without consciously thinking about it. We do base our opinions off each other based on like such small details. And one of them, of course, is going to be how we navigate decisions. And I like the the first part of this. So this chapter, Never Change Your Mind Just To Please A Woman. He starts the chapter with, you should always listen to your woman and then make your own decision. If you choose to go with your woman's suggestion even when deep in your heart you feel that another decision is more wise, you are in effect saying, I don't trust my own wisdom. And she can't trust your wisdom if you act like that. So this brings me to two examples of what happened when I read this specific chapter with a girl. We were literally at dinner as we read this, we were in Greece and she didn't mean to do this. So again, it was subconscious, but we were like eating some like Greek like bread thing. And it was like, you know, separate, like a bunch of like sides and starters and stuff in a restaurant. And I'm I've, like, I'm kind of mixing them around. I've got like the bread and the soup and you know, I'm just like eating like a bunch of shit, right? And she said, like, wait, wait, you're not supposed to do that. Don't dip your bread into that soup, some shit like that, right? So if I stopped and I was like, oh, oh, oh you're, you're right. Of course, you know, she's not gonna be going home like, oh, well, yeah, he's a fucking pussy because he stopped dipping his bread in the soup. Of course, she's not gonna be thinking that, but something is just gonna like slightly make her slightly less attracted to me for that simple thing. Not not a huge amount, but imagine a hundred things like that where if I bitched out, what do you think I did? And I'm not saying this to, you know, to boast, I'm, I'm a superior man, but like naturally I said, oh no, it tastes good, boom. Then, we we're actually coming back from the trip, so we're taking the plane back home. This was really interesting. Imagine, there's sometimes when you're getting into a plane, you actually go on to like the runway, you, you literally walk like underneath the plane, like somewhat underneath the plane, and you go up the stairs, right? And there's two stairs going into this plane, from the front end and from the back end. Our seat number, I still remember, we were on like row number 9, so it was closer to the front, but there was a bunch of people lined up there and almost no one lining up at the back. So I took her hand and I walked towards the back and she was like, wait, wait, wait we're supposed to go on this side. I said, no, trust me, come. Walk towards the back. The back's pretty much entirely empty. We're able to get to our seats way, way faster than if we stood at the front. And I literally, we, we ended up talking about this and we literally said, oh yeah, imagine if I just bitched out. I was like, oh yeah, well, you're you're right, baby. We should go to the front. And again, this isn't gonna be like a death sentence. This, You know, a, a girl's not gonna think, oh, well, he listened to my suggestion. He's a little bitch, but it's small things. You know it, it's like, it's the smallest things that really decide whether or not this girl is, like, truly attracted. Sometimes it's the difference between one or two percent of her perception of you being, like, the man that she wants you to be that changes everything. So this chapter is very, very useful. Never change your mind just to please a woman. Chapter number seven, your purpose must come before your relationship. This is a difficult pill to swallow because it's something that I've always struggled with. He explains this in later chapters, but your purpose as a man is like your big mission. Purpose is kind of like the reason for your mission. Like why, why is this your mission? Why is it so important to you? And in chapter number seven, he's saying that your purpose must come before your relationship. This is tricky because in the modern day, we're so convinced by, we're, we're brainwashed to prioritize love above everything. You know, love is the most important thing and they felt happily ever after and you know, all this Disney shit. Doesn't it sound weird for me to literally say, like, you know, I'm, I'm almost devaluing love. Doesn't that sound weird? Because we've been told it's the most important thing ever. For a man, for a masculine man, it's not. For a masculine man, his mission, his work, is the most important thing ever. It's, it's where our mind is based on. I could be inside right now with my friends, like laughing and stuff, but like my brain and my body commanded me to come outside and work. And the same with girls. Like I've said this recently. I mean, uh, my friend Sam recorded a video about this where I said like I'm actually, I never appreciated the sacrifices I've made for this movement. I really, really do value relationships and love. and, And there's been girls that I love that I've fully, I've left so that I can focus more of my energy here And of course, you know, we can get into the details I'm saying, but you didn't need to leave them or whatever. But like, I did what I had to do to pursue my goals. My purpose came before my relationship. And every time I have made that decision, I have looked back with so much gratitude that, yep, this was the right thing to do. A lot of guys can't do this. A lot of guys end up getting into a relationship. They get a girl that they love. They're having sex. It feels so good. And then their purpose, their mission, their work just goes out the window. Their growth goes out the window. That big thing that they were focused on goes out the window. And now they've got love. And what do you think happens? They get complacent the girl stops being attracted to them because this is how the dynamic of being able to attract women works for most guys right you're not attractive you start leveling yourself up working on your purpose leveling up the areas of life that women are really attracted to your physical attractiveness your job your money status social skills confidence pre-selection all these things you start leveling them up you look so good you feel so good you're starting to attract girls you get with the girl and then if this guy stops doing the things that was attractive to her how could she st- Be attracted to him. She's attracted to the work, purposeful, masculine man that she sees. And then he turns into a pathetic wimp. And that's been me before, 100% that's been me, where I work hard, I get into a relationship and suddenly I I am not that same sort of like focused, disciplined guy anymore. Your purpose must come before your relationship. So when you get into a relationship, so obviously when you're single, it's nice and easy, you don't need to like focus on anything. When you get into a relationship, always remind yourself whenever there is a decision to be made between your relationship, your woman, or your purpose and your work, you should choose your purpose and your work. This is where it gets tricky because all of modern advice will disagree won't they? Like what I just said, okay, you should choose your work over your woman. You can almost like see flashes of like media, news, movies, where like, you know, oh, the, the, the masculine businessman chooses his work over the woman and he's a bad person for this. All of like modern media want you to think that this is the wrong thing, that you should choose your relationship and love is the most important thing, but modern advice doesn't fucking work. Modern relationships are fucking trash now because we're depolarized. This, this keeps... The polarity, we'll talk more about polarity. This keeps the polarity in your relationship. Your purpose must come before your relationship. I think this is one of the trickiest chapters for me. And this is the chapter that we just spoke about with that comfort zone. Chapter number eight, lean just beyond your edge. So previously we said, okay, know your real edge and don't fake it. A lot of men fake where their edge, their comfort zone actually is. This chapter is saying, okay, constantly lean beyond your edge live outside of your comfort zone take as many decisions as possible to have you living outside of your comfort zone think right now visualize like the scope of your life and think about how different it would be if you consistently for your life lived outside of your comfort zone more and more and more and more think about the experiences and challenges and adventures and, and relationships. all this stuff think about all of that stuff that you would have when you keep leveling up your comfort zone most guys just stay here in their tiny little bubble never level up and so they have such like a pathetic existence. This is a chapter that I wish I could understand better. Chapter number nine, do it for love. The way a man penetrates the world should be the same way he penetrates his woman. Not merely for personal gain or pleasure, but to magnify love, openness, and depth. So what it's kind of saying is that we should navigate life, including dating, in a way that doesn't just prioritize our personal gain, but that prioritizes our gift to the world, which is our masculine energy, our love, our openness and depth. Chapter number 10, enjoy your friend's criticism. I really like this one. So this one is kind of like a quick course in masculinity, which is something that we've really really need a very important part of masculinity is brotherhood and the male friends you have and this chapter says enjoy your friends criticism this has been very very much in my mind in sam's mind since we've came to thailand because it's something that we've never really grown up It's it's been so easy for us to always have this idea of like any level of criticism from a friend is an insult you know you you kind of think okay well the friend who criticizes you is a jeffrey he's you know he's insulting you he's a bad person reading this chapter really made me realize and there was like another there was another book i forgot which one it was there was another book which said like yeah men act like this men challenge each other men criticize each other to make sure we're secure and that's we can stay safe and grow together it's something that we've really kept in mind whilst we've been here because (laughs) the dynamic of living with a couple of guys and spending a lot of time with our friends is that we naturally kind of pick up on each other's weaknesses and that can hurt and slightly make you feel insecure but that's where the growth comes from so the next time one of your friends criticizes you for something The next time he kind of says, okay, wait, that's not good. You can do this instead. You can improve. Enjoy it most men can't now at the same time you do have to bear in mind some of your friends are total fucking jeffrey some of your friends are dicks 100 I, I hear this a lot with guys some friends will criticize you but not in the productive way like they'll do it more in a way to insult and disrespect you whereas some friends like you'll you'll see this energy some friends will criticize you but out of love because they want to see you grow jeffrey friends will criticize you out of like disrespect because they want you to come down adonis friends will bring you up through that criticism it's very important for you to evaluate your friends and really think, which one are they? Why do they criticize you? Is it for your growth or is it for some kind of negative like ailments? Like they, they want to bring you down. And if they're those people who want to bring you down, bro, If you respect yourself, you've got to let that friendship go ASAP. Chapter number 11, if you don't know your purpose, discover it now. In this space online, in in like the sort of YouTube male space, you hear a lot about purpose and a lot of people don't really understand it. A lot of young men don't understand it or just constantly say like, I don't know my purpose. You know what? That's actually kind of normal your purpose isn't something that's just going to come to you especially not when you've been forced down the normal life of like the education system and you've had to get a job most guys aren't gonna find their purpose because it's just unrealistic to think you're gonna find your life's mission whilst you're like in school so you know the people who seem like they know their purpose the people who seem so direction chances are they're actually not as like directioned as you think they are they've just got like a goal in mind which is like oh graduate with good grades or you know work this job right now but it's not actually like purpose it's not like a grand mission your purpose the way he explains it in this book i still remember it's one of the best explanations of purpose your purpose your mission is like the thing that your brain currently obsesses about it can't stop thinking about so for a lot of guys quite frankly a part of their purpose and mission is to cultivate some kind of like love sex and intimacy in their lives that's what they obsess over for a lot of guys it's about income it's about wealth finances okay they need more money for other guys it's about social status and friends for the you know what I mean it's there's gonna be something that your brain obsesses over. And this is how purpose works is very interesting. Imagine whatever your purpose, your big mission is, it's kind of like a layer, which is over your core purpose. So your core purpose is right in the middle. And we have all of these layers outside of it. So my layer right now, the thing that my brain obsesses over is growth and progress to my goals in terms of my work, growing this YouTube channel, growing this movement, publishing a book. That's like the big purpose for me. When I achieve this purpose, what will happen is that this this layer of this purpose will peel back, and the next layer will be revealed. So I, I specifically remember when this happened to me previously. One of my first like realizations of purpose was about a year and a half ago or even about two years ago when the thing that my brain obsessed over was talking about dopamine detoxing and instant gratification delayed gratification wanting to spread this message of like oh wait okay we're living in the wrong way we need to get off porn we need to get off junk food we need to start delaying gratification for our future selves that literally felt like my purpose and i literally remember the day that it felt like i peeled it back It felt like i accomplished that purpose i said enough about like oh well you know stop playing video games stop watching porn he says that when we accomplish a purpose and we peel off the layer we get this sense of like a bit of negativity and nihilism a bit of emptiness You don't get this big celebratory, you know, effect, like like you think you were going to accomplish this thing and now it's amazing. You just kind of like, you've peeled a layer, but it just kind of feels a bit insignificant. And that's totally what happened. I, I was like, it was anticlimactic. And then you need to spend some time to discover the next layer of your purpose. And this is where most men stay stuck. Can you guess why? This is where most men stay stuck when right now they have, they're not aware of what, the layer of purpose is for them. They've peeled like one recently, maybe it was like finish school or get this job or do this or do that. And now it's like, they don't know what the next layer is. Why do men stay stuck here, I really think? Because they fucking distract themselves. I remember this book, it'll say it right here. I remember it saying it and I fucking love it so much because it's advice that I have gave out even before I read the book. If you don't know what your purpose is, your purpose is finding your purpose. Shut the fuck up, turn everything off. This is like one of the most important things you can do. And when I see comments of guys like, oh, but I don't know what my purpose is. I get a little bit annoyed and like a bit aggressive because I'm telling them like, how the fuck are you commenting on YouTube? You don't know what your purpose is. You're, You're living aimlessly. Turn everything off. Turn everything off and sit in a fucking empty room and just look at the wall for six hours for three days and you will come out with like a grand vision to dedicate your life to. But most young men will never do this. Some of the best advice I have ever given out is to turn everything off and just look at your wall. Look at your wall. Do nothing. Look at your wall, get a pen and a piece of paper and see what your brain processes. So many young guys live like constantly like hyper-stimulated constantly distracting themselves so of course they can't have deep thoughts of course they can't find out their purpose don't live like that do not be one of these aimless guys it is your priority to have a mission in life to have important meaningful work and if you don't have that if you feel like you don't know your purpose turn this video off right now or sit and stare at your wall for the next three days you will come out with your purpose so how badly do you want it because three days isn't going to be very fun is it Keep your phone switched off for three days. Oh, but I need my, shut the fuck up. I need my phone for, shut the fuck up. What if it's an emergency, shut the fuck up. Turn everything off, three days. You'll know the direction of your life, pussy. This is the the chapter here. So chapter 12, be willing to change everything in your life. And he said here, that this is when he explained the layer of purpose and I really like what he said here. A man must be prepared to give 100% to his purpose, fulfill his karma and dissolve it. You must be able to give 100%, like you must be able to dedicate 100% of everything you do to that layer of purpose. This is how we reach fulfillment. I really hope I'm I'm making sense, okay? This is how we reach fulfillment. We need to get to our core purpose, like the the deep sort of thing inside of us. And we have all these layers of purpose around it. We have to achieve these purposes. And the way that we truly do that in a way that we feel amazing is that we dedicate 100% of the small decisions that we make to lifting this layer. The layer is lifted. We don't know what the next layer is. We spend a few days in solitude, in celebration. We spend a few days just deep conversations with friends in contemplation and journaling and visualization. We realize what the next layer is. We spend 100% of our decisions peeling back this layer. We live our entire life like this till eventually you get to the point when there is nothing but this core fucking purpose inside of you that reaches a state of enlightenment. Probably. You must be willing to dedicate 100% of your life to this. The phrase for me is that like 100% of the small choices that you make should be aligned with your purpose. That, That does something to me when I think about it in that way. All those small choices, like visualize a bunch of the small choices that you make day to day. As many choices as possible should be aligned to your purpose, your mission. So maybe your mission is, for example, studying and getting good grades. So of course, you know, study, go to school, but like 100% of your decisions should be based on this. So think about other things. Well, when you have the choice between foods to eat, you should eat the foods that like improve your mental cognition. You know, there's like certain foods that literally improve like your brain power, like your, your sort of mental cognition. Imagine, and then there's certain foods that don't. Western foods are very, very bad for brain health from what I remember. If you eat like a fucking fast food meal, you're not living to your purpose of getting good grades. I'm skipping a few as well. Chapter number 14, don't get lost in tasks and duties. So this is something I I just mentioned, which my friend Jack and I were talking about, where we can get lost in the to-do list. And we often don't look at the horizon to see like the grand scope of life. It's so easy, especially with the self-improvement stuff we're doing here, especially with my advice, to be so dialed in like the the hour, the minute to know, okay. You know, my best advice that I've said before is like live by a timetable, a timetable like the ones that we used to have in school. So, you know, at at 9 a.m. wake up, 10 a.m. meditate, 11 a.m. gym, 3.30 p.m. work. It's like this, like, you know, living dot, dot by dot, so organized nothing will be better for your productivity honestly if you're trying to get some like productivity advice if you keep procrastinating trust me when i say just remember the timetables that we used to have in school recreate that for your life and follow it as best as you can imagine like write down like the perfect day timetable and recreate it as best as you can and you'll be amazed at your level of productivity but this chapter really opened my eyes to say okay don't get lost in that timetable don't get lost in the tasks and duties and spend some time and what it says is like see the greater parts of life spend some time not just you know nose to the grindstone really grinding spend some time just sitting around thinking of the bigger purpose contemplate your death visualize your mother passing away think about one of your best friends killing himself this is very strange advice but you can probably see the, the value of it would literally be life-changing because it's so easy to live life just in the flow of work. You do these things, these small, like weird, you know, dark visualization practice. Death is a, a, a big one. Visualize your death, visualize the death of someone close to you, especially if you visualize it with like fucking details. You're not, you're gonna send them that message. Yeah, you know, you've got your timetable, you've got your productivity, but the next time you see your friend, bro, you're gonna hug him, tell him that you love him. And this is a part of life that we as men who are purposeful and, you know, focused on success, we often miss out on. And so it's so important for you to not get lost in the tasks and duties, to take some time to contemplate on like the bigger parts of life. And I've really been dialing into that the last few days. I've been really enjoying this vibe around me that I have. So I'm sat at the outside of my villa and I just like set some like candles on, it gets like 6 p.m. and I literally just spend like three hours here every single day, just kind of like sat around, talking to people, invite friends over, journaling, reading, reading comments, just kind of like thinking about life, having deep conversations. And that's been so, so helpful, even though it doesn't feel as productive as like my usual nighttime routine. Chapter 15, stop hoping for your woman to get easier. This chapter breaks down the nature of feminine and masculine energy and the feminine energy inside of a woman will always want to test and challenge you. So there's often women who don't seem like easy to be around, that they've always got like some shit to say and you know there's a level of like friction with them, they're challenging women they test you a lot of men fail these tests because they don't understand women and they see women negative for this they hope that you know their woman would like stop testing them they hope their woman would like let them off the hook and be lazy the superior man loves this aspect of his woman the best part like the best thing a woman can give you is her tests and her challenges so you know before we said okay she'll test you in subconscious ways where she'll kind of like she'll give her input that you know well you should eat like this or we should go this direction and that's the test but like pretty much everything a woman will do with you is some form of like test and challenge that you can overcome you have to understand that get you know a lot of guys crave intimacy and love and affection and, you know, they think that's the end end point. Okay, get, get a girlfriend. That's, like, the end point that they want. They don't realise that that's the start. Like, that's the start of the fucking journey. It's very, very hard to maintain the love and attraction of a girl because... She is subconsciously, without even realizing it, testing and evaluating you long-term, every single day, multiple times a day. And this is why the majority of men lose that attraction and respect from their women because they start failing these tests and they get complacent, they get lazy. Stop hoping for your woman to get easier. Start hoping for yourself to get stronger. So now we're on part two of the book, dealing with women this is a controversial one chapter 16 women are not liars what this chapter says from my understanding is that women can't actually be liars because the way the women that feminine people navigate life is through emotions and not sort of rational logic and loyalty so i made a video once saying that i don't really think feminine women can be loyal, and that is no insult to them at all. This is like, I know that someone's gonna say, oh, well, he's a misogynist, but like, take a step back from this. It is not part of the feminine energy to be loyal because the feminine energy isn't even loyal to itself. It's not even loyal to its own sort of like, decisions for women, especially like just feminine people, they navigate life through emotions way more than they do through like rational decisions. Does that make sense? So this chapter is saying that a lot of men call women like liars. Oh, well she said this and she changed her mind and she said that she loves me, but she's not like this anymore. That's how women are supposed to be. Women are supposed to be emotional and emotions are very fleeting and fickle. And this is no disrespect, no like insult to women whatsoever. It's if this is the natural way of things, it's very like, this is where it, it gets controversial because We have this perception of women that we've been sold by sort of like western narrative that you know oh well women are are the same as men but they're not and they shouldn't be and they should be praised for the differences because that's why there's a polarity that's why there's differences so we need each other we don't need each other anymore because women are being brainwashed to be more masculine men are being brainwashed to be more feminine and so we're depolarized we're pretty much exactly the same which was like you know that sounds amazing oh well we're the same we're equal well now we don't need each other now we're not attracted to each other now we're like barely friends Women are not liars because someone who isn't masculine can't really be made to stick to their promises because the masculine energy is all about loyalty. It's all about decisiveness and rational logic. And so if the masculine man says, X, I will do this, I give you my promise for this, and he doesn't do it, well, then he's a liar. Then he, you know, he's messed up. But for women and for people full of feminine energy, they're way more on these sort of emotions and her emotions will change every five minutes. This is not something, I've got to keep saying this, this is not something that we should hate women for. This is like the beauty of their personality. I'm still very, very much in the way of learning to navigate this and learning to appreciate it. And I'm somewhat understanding it to a, a better level than I was previously. Chapter number 17, I love this one. Praise her. So this chapter goes over the importance of positive reinforcement, of praising your woman, of appreciating her. This is one of the things that I I absolutely love to preach, not just for your woman, but for like everyone in your life. Give out many, many praises. You don't realize how important this is. If there's one thing you're going to take right now, trust me, give out more praises. I know this seems uncomfortable, but visualize the next time that you see your mother, maybe she's made food for you. Or she's like clean the house. Visualize you praising her for it. Visualize you literally telling her like, thank you so much. You did such a good job. It's going to feel like, you know, a little bit cringy to say that. But think about what's going to happen in her mind and in her heart and in, in her soul. There was a book, I think it was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And he said a praise, like a compliment. is kind of like oxygen for someone's soul. Something similar to that. It's like, it, it's nourishment for their soul. You don't realize how important this is. And this is one of the ones that I have most regret over. The girl that, I've spent most of my time with, I was with her for about two and a half, three years, and we lived together at a point as well. We lived together for a year. I never praised her. She would do so much for me. She would dress up, she would clean up, she would cook. Like, she, she helped me with my business. Like she was such a supportive and loving girl and not once did i praise her for that not once did i compliment her not once did i just say like you look so good thank you for doing that thank you for this i look back and i just think like i could have made her feel amazing with no cost to myself and by doing that our relationship would have been better because she would have felt better so she would have felt more loved and she would have been more loving towards me and honestly if there's one thing that like you know our, our relationship wasn't ideal but if there's one thing that could have been changed that literally would have made our relationship amazing would have been me praising her more honestly praise the people in your life especially like the woman that you're dating and obviously you know don't don't fake it don't just say random shit but like really look out for things that you're appreciative of and fully just tell people that i've gotten into the habit of doing that now with my friends where i'll literally just message a friend and say like oh thank you for doing this thing like three months ago you know if it pops into your mind that someone's done something good praise them for it tell them asap The first few times you you kind of bring this up, it feels a little bit awkward, but after that it's such a good experience making someone feel appreciated. This one's interesting. It's one that I don't actually understand completely. Chapter 21, stay with her intensity to a point. And he writes, when a woman gets emotionally intense, a mediocre man wants to calm her down and discuss it or leave and come back when she is sane. Sane, A superior man penetrates her mood with impertible love, kind of like consistent, constant love no matter what's happening, and unwavering consciousness. If she still refuses to live more fully in love, after a time he lets her go. So this chapter is one that I remember reading previously and not fully understanding it, but right now it seems to me. Maybe someone who's read this chapter and understands this bit can correct me if I'm wrong. Stay with her intensity to a point. So... A woman's emotions will be a lot more intense than a man's and you know, she will fluctuate more. She will sort of flash around with different emotions. And so what he's saying is that the superior man will stay with those emotions and constantly keep giving her that sort of unwavering love through those that emotional roller coaster. Whereas the weaker men will kind of see that and have a distaste for her. Like, oh, she's being emotional again. You know, she's in one of those moods. The superior man will see her in one of those moods and still give her like that full level of love That's my current perception. And it makes me think this really popped into my mind. Yesterday, I had a girl who messaged me like a big, big paragraph of like, quite like an emotional message, somewhat like disrespectful. And I remember literally thinking about this kind of concept of like, should I give her love right now? And perhaps I should have, but that last part there where it says, if she still refuses to live more fully in love after a time, he lets her go. And I let her go in this case. It was a shame because it was a girl that I like and it was a girl that I really like resonated with, I've spent like a good amount of time with and... But... Like it says, stay with her intensity to a point. So if there's a girl that you really love and you can like essentially find almost humor in her moods, not like, you know, to laugh at her, but like you can find a level of like interest and attraction in her emotions and that's beautiful. And so sometimes she'll get more emotional and snappy at you. And that is like a part of like the feisty feminine energy. And you still want to give her love even at those moments. But there's some parts when the emotion is just too much, it's too intense and it's like, it's now disrespectful, it's insulting. That's the part where you need to like let that woman go. And that's exactly what I did yesterday. We're on part three, working with polarity and energy. Chapter number 23, your attraction to the feminine is inevitable. And this is where it now starts to talk about sexual polarity, which in my opinion is the most valuable part of this book. So this chapter says that if you are a masculine man full of masculine energy, it will be inevitable for you to be attracted to things of fem, that's fucking beautiful, bro. To things of feminine nature and Obviously this mainly includes feminine women. This is something that's a bit tricky because a lot of women are a lot more masculine than they naturally would be if it wasn't for social conditioning. And a lot of men are a lot more feminine than they should be if it wasn't for social conditioning. So it's kind of hard to know, but maybe take a second right now to, to try to find out, like where are you on this spectrum? Imagine ultra masculine, ultra, literally full, full 100% focus on work and purpose or ultra feminine, literally 100% focus on love and affection and intimacy. Where are you on this spectrum? And don't just you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm an alpha male. Like, Be honest, how much of your focus is on the, the sort of love and relationship side? And how much of your focus is on sort of purpose and work? Because I'll be totally honest, right? You might have a different perception of me, but mine, it's actually more about the middle. I'm quite balanced. I have a big part of me, the natural part of me through conditioning has always been way more focused on like love and relationships and thinking that's like the most important thing ever. And then just in the last like one or two years, I've been really developing my masculine side and really getting into work more and like, you know, becoming purposeful, having a mission, having a self-transcending purpose that helps other people. So I'm like, I'm about the middle, maybe just a little bit more to the masculine side now through kind of conscious control. Where are you? It's very, very interesting to find that and what this particular chapter says, I really like this. If you are like most men, you probably hide the amount of sexual attraction you feel toward women every day. This particular chapter here is literally just talking about your attraction to the feminine. So this is just nice and simple. As a man, as a masculine man, you're going to be attracted to all things feminine and feminine women is the biggest thing other than there's other like sort of feminine, um things that you can be attracted to, like music and creative ventures and affection and laughter and play and stuff. But this is the bit where it gets very interesting. Chapter number 24, choose a woman who is your complementary opposite. So on that spectrum, we said ultra masculine, ultra feminine. I'm about here, maybe you're somewhere in, in the middle. Choose a woman who is your complementary opposite. This says that you will have the best experiences with women who are on the opposite side of the spectrum to you. So, if there is an ultra masculine man, what will he want? an ultra feminine woman. The man completely focuses on work, purpose and mission. The woman completely focuses on serving his mission, love and affection. So both of them actually get their needs met because the woman feels completely safe and looked after by the man who's focused on his mission. And the man feels completely like nurtured by the woman who focuses on him and helping his mission. In the modern day, that scene is quite like a toxic relationship. Like, oh, well, the woman's like just staying at home and stuff. for like, I think a feminine woman would think that that's, that's a very beautiful way to live and a masculine man would think that that's a, a beautiful way to live as well. So where are you in this spectrum? What this chapter 24 is saying is to choose a woman who is on the, the opposite side of the spectrum to you. And this is where, unless you're a quite, quite a masculine man, it can get tricky. So if you're a masculine guy, okay, choose a woman who's feminine. Nice and simple. But if you're more balanced like I am and on the spectrum I'm here, well, my opposite is going to then be here. And this is quite problematic because my opposite, the women I've been attracted to and the women who are attracted to me are quite balanced as well. And that means that I've ended up dating quite like masculine career focused women. And whilst our energy is quite compatible, I kind of don't want it to be, I kind of want to focus more on like developing more of my masculine side so that I can start becoming the the complete opposite to a woman who's way more feminine. Because I, I've i had way, like too much feminine in energy inside of me in my relations with women. I, I don't like how sort of like focused I get on the relation. I'm, bro, I'm getting fucking bit to shit by these little insects. I don't like how focused I get on like the, the relationship, love, intimacy, sex, and dating when I'm with a girl because I bring quite a lot of masculine feminine energy and she brings quite a lot of masculine feminine energy so just the the simple way to think about it is the more masculine energy she brings automatically the more feminine er energy that will come out of you automatically so probably best case scenario is that you'd like a woman who doesn't really bring that much masculine energy she brings a lot of feminine energy and that will naturally bring out way more of your masculine energy and think about how that how amazing that would be for your business for your growth for your brotherhood for your goals you're with a woman who's providing so much of that love, that nurture, that affection, that intimacy, that you don't need to focus on that anymore. Then now you can focus on like mission and purpose. But when I'm with a woman who's way more like masculine and I'm, I'm in my feminine in a little bit and I, I'm somewhat like the one who's focused on intimacy right now and maybe 20 minutes later she is. Well then for those 20 minutes where I'm focused on intimacy, I'm not focused on like purpose and mission. So i found really, I'm not sure if I've explained that in the best way. So I found that the process for me from this chapter of choosing someone who's your complementary opposite is first for me to develop way more of my masculine energy because I wanna meet a woman who's way more feminine. So far, because I've been way more balanced, I've met more balanced women and it's like, I haven't really enjoyed those relationships as much as I possibly could do. So maybe it's important for you to find out, okay, where are you in the spectrum? And then ask yourself, okay, well, what kind of relationship do you want? Do you wanna be the one who's focused on affection while she works and she has a purpose? Because you could be, you could be, but I think the overwhelming majority of men wouldn't be happy with that. I'm not, and it's okay. To say that it's okay to say like nope i don't want a masculine woman it's okay to say yep i want a feminine woman and and for for women it's okay to say yep i want a masculine man i don't want like a feminine man it's absolutely okay to say that you can't sort of be insulted by someone's attraction preference this was a very very eye-opening chapter for me and it still is to this day and this next chapter is pretty much going through the same points chapter number 25 know what is important in your woman and it says the feminine is the force of life The more masculine a man is, the more his woman's feminine energy, as opposed to other qualities, will be important to him. The more masculine you are, the more that you will value a woman who brings feminine energy. So as you develop yourself in self-improvements, you're watching this kind of content about you know becoming a superior man, about improving yourself, becoming a high value man. You're gonna get more masculine. You'll start to value feminine energy inside of a woman way more. Me and my friend Jack, we have just recorded a video. It's probably live on the channel when you're watching this one. And it's literally just titled Western Women, where we talk about the differences between Western and Eastern women in terms of the masculine and feminine energy that they bring. And you might be interested in that so you can just like look for it on my channel somewhere. Chapter number 26, you'll often want more than one woman this book saying this feels so good. It says that even if you're in a loving relationship, you will have the desire, especially sexually, for wanting more than just that woman that you've committed to. That you will want sexual variance. And this is something that's really, really looked down upon in modern culture because we are full of this kind of like monogamous culture of like, okay, one man, one woman. There is differences in men and women, right? You're you're seeing it from Our talk so far, there's, you know, the polarity, we're different, we're focused on different things. The masculine energy will always make you attracted to attractive women. Simple. Even if you're in a committed relationship, you will notice and actually have lust for other women. Whether you indulge in that lust or not is your choice, and then you deserve the consequences of those actions. So if you've made a promise to someone and said, okay, well, I will only sleep with you, and then you sleep with someone else, that you're a bad person for that. 100% you're a bad person for that. But it is an important part of our lives that... We are attracted to women and this is something in the modern day we're not allowed to like feel anymore people think how it's supposed to be is that you get into a committed relationship and you don't look at anyone else and for feminine women that is the case so i've literally had this conversation this issue with a couple of girls that i've dated where when i tell them the truth they'll ask me the silly question of like oh well are you attracted to that girl or do you like that girl like and i tell them the truth like yeah and they get offended like wait if you love me then you couldn't be attracted no but that that isn't how our love works a-, a man's love and a woman's love is different a man can truly love a woman but still be sexually attracted to other women. A woman not generally can't be in love with a man and still have attraction for other men. She can think other men are still attractive, but she wouldn't like lust over them. If a feminine woman truly loves a man, she will totally like obsessively think about him and just him and she couldn't even entertain the idea of other women. No matter how much you love your woman, bro, you're gonna entertain the idea of other women. And we've been like punished and crucified for this, but it's like, it it was so nice reading a book which actually said like, yep, this is normal. Don't hate yourself for it and don't be hated for it. Don't act out on it if it's gonna hurt someone, if it's gonna hurt you, if it's gonna be negative, if you're gonna act out just to like indulge in some pleasure not worth it but at least we kind of now know yeah it's like it's normal don't feel bad about that we're on part four what women really want chapter 29 choose a woman who chooses you this is something that a lot of young men kind of struggle with Be quite frankly i'm not gonna sugarcoat shit there probably isn't many or any women who are choosing you So this is fucking tricky, right? So you're a young man, you're not very attractive, you haven't built yourself, you think you are, but like you haven't built yourself up that much because let's say, okay, if you're 20 years old, the thing is the woman that you want to date who's 21, 19, she can also date a guy who's 24 years old and he's got four fucking years on you. That's 20% of your life and most of your adult life. Choose a woman who chooses you essentially just it's common sense again, choose to be with a woman and you'll be interested in a woman who wants to be with you. Most guys kind of go for the girl who doesn't choose them, who doesn't want to be with them. And you know, you obsess over the girl who kind of is there, who's who's unavailable. And that can bring a great deal of heartbreak, which is very, very like sad. Like the majority of guys live like this. Choose a woman who chooses you, quite frankly, this is where that sort of self-improvement red pill advice comes from. Develop yourself first, develop yourself first, increase your SMV, become more attractive and then more women will choose you and then choose amongst the women who choose you instead of the unavailable girl who's maybe playing games or who's just not even attracted to you anyway because nothing good comes out of that. If there's a woman who doesn't wanna be with you, you still focusing on her just fucks with your mind and your heart. Chapter number 30, What she wants is not what she says. So this is becoming more and more popular and common advice. And it is the truth. You've got to judge a woman and pretty much everyone by their actions and not by what they say, but especially with feminine women. So a feminine woman says as she feels, And as we said before, her emotions will change very, very quickly. And again, we can't hate them for this. We have to love them for this because this is that sort of natural, beautiful part of the feminine energy. It is chaotic. Jordan Peterson says it's the chaos and masculine is the order. So what she says is not something that you should place like that much value on. And we need to dig sort of deeper. And this is almost like a skill of understanding. Okay, what does she truly want? What does she mean? We need to judge by actions and by like a sort of deeper understanding of the feminine energy. We can boil this chapter down to the same concept that we talked about earlier which is that women will test you and what she tests you with doesn't necessarily mean that she really wants you to navigate that so the girl that i was with previously and she says wait we should go up this part of the plane and i said no we'll go through the back what she said was okay well let's go through the front of the plane but what she was meaning to say is the way you're going is going to be slower the way i'm saying is faster but then i said nope i know my way's faster come with me that's a very insignificant, obviously it's like such a small example, but it's like it, it kind of explains the dynamic here With a feminine woman will say things, but her sort of real meaning behind it will be based on such a deeper topic that you shouldn't feel completely tied to the words that she says. I'm not sure if I've explained that in the best way. There's like a conventional online way, which is just kind of like watch their actions and not their words. Chapter 32. She doesn't really want to be number one. So this links in to, I think, chapter 12 or whichever one it was, where we said that your purpose should come before your woman. And this chapter is actually saying that she actually doesn't want to be on top of your purpose. She doesn't want to be the priority in your life above your purpose. She needs to know your growth, your mission, your masculinity, your purpose is the priority. She doesn't want to be number one. There's a story he says in this where a woman's crying, clutching onto her husband as he goes off to war. So he's saying his final goodbyes. And, you know, she's like, I love you so much. Please don't go. Please, you know, I'll miss you. And he says, like, I must. Our country's going to war. If at that point he stops and says, you know what, baby, like, I'll, I'll think of an excuse and I'll stay with you. She'll be happy, but she will lose some kind of respect for him for that of course, she would even as unhappy as she was going to be by him leaving. You can just kind of imagine the truth of, the, of that. If you forego your purpose, if you prioritize her above your mission and your goals, she will seem momentarily happier. So let's give this in, in like a real world example. You're with a girl right now. And it's time for you to go to the gym. If you go to the gym and she's like, oh, no, 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 please don't go to the gym. Spend more time. I wish you didn't have to go. Or, you know, I wish you didn't have to go and do that thing. Why don't you stay with me? If you go, she's going to be like, oh, she's going to be like sulking a little bit. She's going to be a bit upset. But she's going to feel really good about you. Then you're going to come back later on, see her, and she's going to be so happy to see you again. But if you don't go to the gym and you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll take the gym off and I'll spend time with you, what's going to happen? She's going to say, yay, we get to spend more time together. Oh, he's a little bit of a bitch. Let's keep that in mind. Now that's not going to be the death of your relationships straight away, but like, it's one of those like negative perceptions of you and you don't want too many of them. So this is something I've spoke about heavily on my YouTube channel because I am such like not a fool but like i very very easily look over my sort of my timetable my purpose my mission to spend time with girls and and something that i'm really really making progress on but especially with my first few relationships you know the gym means a lot to me clean eating like healthy diet means a lot but i'd end up skipping workouts and eating junk food with them and as much as you know it's like a bonding moment to go together to get some snacks and eat snacks whilst watching movies and stuff and you have like fun together and then you're having sex if you're also good but it's like they can't help but know inside of their subconscious mind like wait but he's into fitness he can't be eating this stuff keep this in mind like whatever your purpose your mission or goals are you need to still be making progress to them when you're around your woman and this is it can get tricky because you want to spend time with her the judge of whether or not you're with the right woman is when your progress your purpose your mission your goals gets faster more effective when you're with her so just spend some time right now just visualize like the woman that you can think of and just kind of think okay am i making more progress because she is in my life am i fulfilling my purpose, my mission more because she is in my life. She doesn't want to be number one and you cannot make her number one. Otherwise, you lose both. You lose her attraction and you lose progress to your purpose. This is, ah, this is a cutthroat one. Chapter 33, your excellent track record is meaningless to her. What this means is that essentially your history is meaningless to her. How good of a man you have been is irrelevant. She doesn't remember it. So this is where women can seem very, very like, dry and cut and dark when you've had so many great memories together and then just suddenly she can just switch up and not be attracted to you in the same way and it's one of the saddest things to see is like a woman who was so into you who treated you so well and she was so so into you and you know you messed up a little bit you did something bad and you, you sh- showed weakness and suddenly she's just so fucking like dry and cut and she's just not attracted to you anymore the reason why is because your history your track record is in the past feminine women base their actions and their viewpoints on their emotions right now there was a saying i remember i would read it a lot that whatever a woman says to you you have to add right now to the end of it so if she says i love you what it truly means is i love you right now things can change and this seems really dark and loads of women are going to come in and like comment and say like wait oh, he he's a paki <laughs> he's wrong he's being misogynist but it, it is the truth and honestly it's the truth for a lot of guys as well for a lot of like the promises we make to each other you've got to add that phrase right now and it, it really destroys the beauty of life and re- relationships and love but it is the truth especially with feminine women They they base everything off their emotions so she feels amazing with you right now mm. But if you fuck up, then she's not going to be. She loves you right now. But if she sees you becoming like a weaker man, but then she's not going to feel the same way. We're on parts number five, your dark side. Chapter 35, you are always searching for freedom. This is where I learned more about masculine energy. And it says that for men, for masculine men, our brain, our body, our soul is always craving more and more freedom from constraints. This is where I really learned about like these analogies. So the way that a man has sex, we are literally making progress to free ourselves, to like have, we have energy inside of us and we want to throw that free into the world. Like obviously that's very vulgar, but like that's the way to explain it. For women, it's actually the opposite. They live their lives like almost empty. And through sex, they want to be filled. We are searching for freedom all the time. That's what makes us feel fulfilled. And the way that we achieve this level of freedom is through making progress. And remember that that analogy of the purpose, like the layers of purpose that we have, is peeling back those layers. Imagine like the ultimate like sort of purpose inside of us is to achieve total and utter blissful freedom, enlightenment. So we make progress to freedom by actually committing to our purpose and our mission. And there's a very masculine man named Jocko Willink. He's like a Navy SEAL, like a big testosterone motherfucker. And he says that discipline is freedom. Keep that in mind. We want freedom and freedom comes from the pursuit of your purpose. Chapter 36. Own your darkest desires. This is why I love this book because it is unfiltered as fuck. Not many people will talk about this, but own your darkest desires. You have dark motives inside of you. Things that motivate you which you would never want to tell anyone about, that you would never want to like publicize, use them. Don't navigate your entire life to fulfill them. There is things inside of you, like these motives, like this motivation to hurt men, to humiliate someone, to dominate. We have these natural, masculine, testosterone-filled urges inside of us. And the modern world has like stomped that out, maybe for good reason, because it is violent and it does hurt people. But we have those desires inside of us and the men who tap into those desires, the desire to fucking dominate the competition, the desire to like take women, they reach high levels of, of success because of this. High levels of like aggressive action on their work, on their grind. It's something worth for you. This is like something you never want anyone to find out. Maybe a journal, maybe just think and just ask yourself, what is your like dark desires? What is like some dark shit that you want that motivates you? And then keep that in mind next time you need to like burst the fuck out of bed. Keep that in mind next time you're wimping out and you don't wanna go work out right now. Next time you don't wanna do your work. Flash that fucking dark desire inside of you and, and like you'll find like some fucking jolt of masculine energy will get you to take action. We're on part six, feminine attractiveness. And chapter 39, the feminine is abundance. This chapter says that there is more than enough feminine energy for you to experience and to benefit from. But a lot of men are choosing to stay away from that in the modern day. And we've discussed this, that a lot of men are in like periods of monk mode, men go in their own way, I'm not dating, girls are scary and I can't get girls. What this chapter actually says is that you have control over the feminine energy in your life. And if you find yourself without feminine energy, it's a conscious choice. I'm not totally like, I'm not sure if I agree with that because there's definitely a bro, you might be watching this and you want feminine energy, you want women. And as much as you don't want to admit it chances are you just don't seem to get women in your life because it is tricky dating especially when you're a young man and you haven't reached the level of success and you're not that attractive you're not that confident you're not that successful like it is tricky to get women into you those like statistics are like 90 percent of women are dating 10 percent of men is a very true very dark very cutthroat the feminine is abundant, but it seems right now in the modern day that that abundance is going directly to a small minority of men chapter 42 Never allow your desire to become suppressed or depolarized. What this says is do not allow yourself to become depolarized. So remember we said, okay, polarization is like being on the extreme end of masculine or feminine, trying to push into either one and we want to be more masculine. It says not to allow your desire to become depolarized. We are attracted to feminine women. We are masculine men and we want to become even more masculine. We should accept that as the way that life should be. With modern society and influences and conditions, we're being convinced that we shouldn't be as masculine as we want to be, that masculinity is bad and it's dangerous, that we should be, be more feminine, we should be in touch with our feminine side, we should be more emotional and supportive and nurturing. Maybe not. Maybe not. We have a desire for feminine women. And I think a lot of men have been convinced to leave that desire behind, to become depolarized because it's just the conventional societal norm. We don't feel happy when we do that. Part seven, body practices. There's just one chapter in this part seven that I wanna talk about, which is chapter 45, breathe down the front. I've just made a full video on this, which I highly suggest you go and watch. It's on my channel called Breathe Like a King. And this chapter says, breathe down the front. It says that the majority of men sit and live in a way where like the front of their body, like the power of our our lives, our energy comes from the front of our body, especially our belly. A lot of us breathe so shallowly, so weak, so timid that we don't have like power as we navigate the world. You've, you've heard this kind of phrase before, you know, like, oh, like men, like we're not breathing fully, you need to breathe fully to like not have anxiety. And you kind of hear this stuff and it kind of sounds good, but you never really do it. I can tell you from my experience of consciously keeping this in mind of, okay, breathe fully as much as possible, breathe like a king, sit up straight, breathe into my stomach, like my stomach like bulge out. I'm telling you right now, my life transformed significantly especially in the short term, you know, the there and then when like I'm speaking to a girl and I remember, okay, breathe fully into my stomach. It's like suddenly I feel so much more confident. I've always heard this advice like, oh yeah, breathe fully, take a deep breath. But I never took it seriously because it just seemed a little bit like, you know, wishy-washy, goofy. I can tell you right now that this chapter really has done like wonders for me. Breathe down the front. So what it literally just says is breathe through your nose. Breathe so fully that your stomach bulges out. And then... Exhale all of the air out. Breathe how a king would. A king would not be thinking like, oh, his stomach looks a little bit bloated. A king would not take a shallow breath. A king, especially when he's confronted by someone, you would never see the king. Like it's things that we pick up on. The king's breath would not go shallow when he's confronted by like some knight. It would be slow and full, slow and full. That's how you need to breathe. And this is very significant because the way we breathe, truly the scientific shit, like I'm, I'm not a scientist, so I can't tell you, but like the bro science version, when you take a deep breath, you take a full breath. It's like the rest of your life, the rest of your energy is full we get our energy, our oxygen, like some, some of the most important things we need to survive from breathing. So of course, if you're not breathing fully, you're not gonna be living fully. You can try it literally the next time you speak to someone or even right here, right now. Breathe fully, an audible breath into your stomach and don't be scared that it's like you know, there's a sound or anything. Breathe. The next time you're confronted, the next time you're in danger, the next time you're stressed, breathe and have no level of insecurity of how deep you're breathing (sighs) that is the way of the superior man do the hard work especially when you don't feel like it